0: FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is September 17th, 2021. In our first story, an article from The Atlantic warns that a civil war is coming and that Trump supporters will win. Now, this is just one historian talking about ancient Rome. But predicting that Trump supporters will cross the Rubicon and be successful. Take into consideration all that's happened, with now New Hampshire filing papers for secession, it seems possible. In our next story, which plays into the first, Ron DeSantis is furious that Biden is taking away monoclonal antibodies when they're one of the states that need it the most. Seems like partisan punishment, says Marco Rubio. And in our last story, the southern border is gone. Migrants are walking back and forth between Mexico and the U.S. as the migrant crisis gets worse. If you like the show, leave us a good review. And if you really like the show, tell your friends about it. It really helps. Now, let's get into that first story. An article from The Atlantic A writer argues that the U.S. is similarly tracking in some ways, like the fall of ancient Rome. He goes on to say that for years, he has predicted something like a civil war will happen in the U.S. Trumpists will win in the short term. They will win the day, but over time will eventually lose power. That is to say In the Atlantic magazine, a mainstream media publication, a writer is arguing a civil war is coming and Trump supporters will win. Now, if you want to argue at some point they lose power, sure, no one retains power indefinitely. But it is a bold statement coming from a mainstream publication. Recently, I appeared on the Russell Brand podcast, Under the Skin. We talked about many things. One of the things we discussed was civil war. A lot of people have said, Tim, why do you think civil war is possible? Why do you think it's coming? Or outright said, it's propaganda and it's BS. Well, the first thing I'll say is when I take a look at the Atlantic arguing it's coming and Trump supporters will win, am I supposed to just be like, I'm smarter than everyone else and I will reject these things? No, I'm actually rather centrist and sometimes agree with the mainstream media and sometimes I don't, but regardless. There's more than enough ample evidence that there is a civil war looming. Sarah Silverman, a comedian, recently on her podcast argued for U.S. secession, that the United States should break apart into one or two or maybe one, two or three different countries. And she said, let the conservatives call themselves United States one and we will be number two because they want to be number one. But when you have people on the left saying the same thing as people on the right, peaceful divorce, the sentiment is there to break this country apart. According to data that we recently uh, covered on this show, 37.2% of the US population is in favor of their specific region breaking off from the US into their own country. Conversations have been happening for some time about this. Now, it doesn't mean we reach that point and cross the Rubicon, as it were. But already in New Hampshire, there has been a filing for secession. Apparently now five reps in New Hampshire are in support of New Hampshire seceding from the union. What does all this mean? I think we are inching ever closer towards a complete and total collapse at the very least. We don't know, know exactly what it will look like, but it really does seem like a fracturing of the country, some kind of balkanization, you know, different regions becoming their own different countries is increasingly likely. And while many people comment saying, yeah, well, China is, is excited by the news, perhaps I think they certainly are. And that's my biggest fear. If the U.S. does break apart, China just becomes the global dominant power, which is to say it's in their best interest to exacerbate the problems we're experiencing. But I've got a lot of uh, articles to show you, a lot of uh, uh, bits of evidence to suggest I think the U.S. is at its wit's end. Now, of course, uh, I have this Russell Brand YouTube just to just to highlight, you know, that we talked about this. The fascinating thing here in the comments section, I am simultaneously called a leftist and alt-right. You know, Russell Brand's a celebrity. He's got fans all across the political spectrum, of course. And there are people calling me a leftist that are on the right, and there are people calling me alt-right that are on the left showing you. There is no center. You are either the left or the right. And if you don't agree with either that are gearing up for conflict, then you must be the other. Well, sounds like I'll have a good time in the event of any kind of real conflict, but uh, I pretty, I'm pretty sure I can take care of myself, at least to, a, to, to an extent that uh, I would be okay, although not entirely happy. This is the article in question from The Atlantic. Will the U.S. pass a point of no return? My friends, August 13th, 2021. Very, very interesting writing. A civil war is coming. Trump supporters will win. Eventually, they'll lose power. But how long is eventually? So if you are on the left or the right, I think this is something that you should consider. And before we get started, I'll say this. Become a member at TimCast.com if you support my work. You'll get access to exclusive members only segments from the Timcast IRL podcast, but you'll be supporting our journalists as well. But most importantly, considering the weight of this reporting or of this opinion piece from the Atlantic and the allusions to history, share this video. You don't got to like me. You can be on the left or the right and call me left or right, say whatever you want. But consider the information I'm about to give you. When a mainstream publication says a civil war is coming, Sarah Silverman, of all people, advocates for U.S. Balkanization. I think it's time to start considering maybe we're on that track, right? I don't know. I'd certainly think so, but I'm open to being wrong. But the more people pile on and say the same thing, the more I just say it's not about my opinion or making this stuff up. It's about watching everybody else getting ready. Here's the article from The Atlantic. Will the U.S. pass a point of no return? This is the latest installment in a series that began back in 2019 with an article I did for the print magazine on America's longstanding obsession with the decline and fall narrative of Rome. Many people wrote in to agree, disagree, or otherwise react. The online discussion begins here, and he goes on to mention the first installment. He says, chapter four crossing the Rubicon. Now, of course, this, if you're familiar with the history of ancient Rome, this is the point at which Caesar, they're like, yo, you can't bring your army past this point. And he was like, let's do it. And they crossed the Rubicon, the body of water. And that signified that he was basically saying the system is broke and I'm moving in. Scherner, uh, Schnurer argues that this is more than just a familiar phrase. And he says that a U.S. Rubicon moment is in view. Which would be triggered by a possible indictment of Donald Trump? Over to Eric Schnur Crossing the Rubicon. If the United States in recent years has been tracking the decline and fall of the Republican Rome, when do we pass the point of no return? Now, for the bulk of the article, it is very long. I'm not going to read every little detail. He makes a bunch of really amazing points. Caesar, he says, Caesar, like most politicians, had committed his share of accesses and gained his share of enemies in his rise to the highest office in Rome, the consulship. But let's jump down to the important point. Will the Trumpist party similarly ultimately prevail once they cross the Rubicon? I have been predicting for years that something resembling a civil war will arise, and something like Trumpists likely will carry the day in the short term. But a reactionary philosophy that rejects fact in favor of fantasy is economically retrograde and socially repugnant to the to the majority of Americans can only can impose its rule for only so long. Perhaps, and that's why civil war may not be the right answer. Well, I think it's interesting that this uh, historian academic can take a look at ancient Rome and say Trump will cross the Rubicon and they will and the supporters will likely win. He needs to understand the difference. Trump supporters don't want to own The federal government. In fact, they don't much like the federal government. They want to be left alone, which creates a very different circumstance. How will they lose power if they don't seek to rule over people they don't like? That, I think, would be interesting. In the end, you may actually just see a civil war. The country breaks apart, and now there are two different countries. And the Trumpists who seize the day say, we don't care what you do. Leave. Now, maybe it won't be so simple, especially when you realize you have resources to hold on to. But I think the more libertarian minded and conservative individuals would prefer to be left alone. Here's where it gets really fascinating. He says some politician someday, one we don't yet know, whose thinking isn't locked into the current paradigm, will devise our own equivalent of the Augustinian settlement. A new consensus that both sides, today's red and blue Americas, can grudgingly accept because it purports to give them both what they want. We can suppose that like Augustus. This new leader will need to satisfy conservatives by paying obeisance to traditionalist values and forms. But he or she will recognize the new economic realities shaping the future of wealth and power. Thus, perhaps underneath the public facade of conservative rectitude will flourish with tacit official approval, a liberal urban society of tremendous innovation and wealth in science, technology, culture, art, thought and belief generally. The problem with this article. when he says that the right don't believe in fact, but believe in fantasy. There are certainly arguments to be made that people on the right believe in fantasy. And I've certainly argued I think many of them are wrong. But that's not the majority of the right. It's not. You see, this man has fallen prey to the mainstream narratives. The right is not dominated by people who live in an alternative reality. In fact, when it comes to vaccine hesitation, there were two different studies. One showing PhDs most like, to be the most likely to be hesitant which would suggest PhDs typically being liberal, the liberals are more likely to disbelieve the narratives. And the other was that people with vaccine hesitancy were more well versed on the scientific research and studies around the vaccines. In fact, many people cite the FDA insert on long-term effects as as a reason for their hesitancy. This is not the party of ignoring facts, while there certainly are people on the right who do, and many of them, not the majority and not with any institutional power. You need to understand that when you then see he thinks that urban society will generate wealth and science technology at a time when these jurisdictions are completely collapsing. But I don't completely disagree with him. Let's read on. He says, this is where it gets really, really fascinating. Will highly educated Americans really be willing to settle for physical security and financial success beyond anything now imaginable? When the crisis came, it was the optimates, i.e. the best people. Who were the last defenders of the of the Republic? Why? Because the status quo worked for them. Whereas the plebeians had long since lost faith in the system, the supporters of the Republic were the cream of Roman society. Those who, as the saying went, had Greek world class educations married amongst themselves and passed these advantages onto their children. The Republican structures they defended, elections, limited and dispersed powers, rule of law, in turn, supported the rest of the existing order. An increasingly globalized economy, exacerbating distributional divides, but benefiting their own class. Sound familiar? The Optimates were tone deaf to the needs of those struggling to make a living, while the insurrectionists played to the working class in order to destroy what passed for democracy and impose their personal rule. Rich, out of touch, socially liberal Democrats versus rich demagogic authoritarians masquerading as the party of the working class. Not far off from today. Actually, quite a bit far off from today. In your view, I would actually say this rich, out of touch, socially liberal Democrats who pretend to represent the working class, who provide no real solutions to the problems we face and stripping power away from the working class versus demagogic authoritarians masquerading as the party of the working class while sitting in Congress doing nothing but twiddling their thumbs. As in Rome. Life is good for those who live in the hills and could save the republic. But the communities of the hinterland stretching off to the seemingly faraway Rubicon are increasingly devastated. Virtually all economic growth in the past decade has occurred in three coastal metros. Inequality has intensified. The opioid crisis has decimated countless communities of the interior. Increasingly illiberal progressives are slowly losing not just the white working class, but also black and Latino workers, those for whom they think and speak. They, they think they speak, and that's correct. Meanwhile, time grows short as aggrieved souls are forced from their dying communities and traditional social structures into a metropolitan economy that is no place for them. The army on the Rubicon draws closer every day to the city's walls. And remember, the ar- army on the Rubicon are the Trump supporters in this analogy. And now I give you New Hampshire lawmakers consider proposal to secede from the United States. State Rep. Mike Sylvia wants voters to consider the benefits of detaching from the federal government in 2022. If added to the 2022 ballot, it would read, New Hampshire peaceably declares independence from the United States and immediately proceeds as a sovereign nation. All other references to the U.S. in this constitution, state statutes and regulations are nullified. Will it actually happen? Many people don't think so. They say it can't happen here. My friends, I think it can happen here. You need to understand something. The law, our political class and system matter. Nothing. Culture is everything. There are books you can buy about the wacky laws of the United States. You know, there's one where it's like in Massachusetts, you can't bake an apple pie on Sundays and put it on your windowsill. You think I'm kidding. There are laws where it's like in Rhode Island, showering on Tuesday is a is a pr- imprisonable offense. And we're like, what? Those laws can't exist. They do not been repealed. And you see, the, the reason is there was a time where those laws made sense. You couldn't put the, the, the pies out because there was a large gathering at church and it attracted animals. Or you couldn't take a shower on Tuesdays because that was when, you know, because there's finite amount of water and they needed one day to dedicate towards farming or something like that. Today, we think it's ridiculous. And why aren't those laws being enforced? Because our culture shifted. Because technology changed. Because the laws themselves became irrelevant. But how can this be? We have laws on the books we just completely ignore? Yes. Well, that's what courts are for, Right. Let me explain something to you. When the culture of this country drifts into the direction of Balkanization or civil war, it will happen because the law doesn't matter. The military doesn't matter. Politicians don't matter. What matters is the confidence of the American people. Disney actor and comedian Sarah Silverman endorses secession of all people. Did you expect Sarah Silverman? arguing that she doesn't want to be in a country with conservatives. So we should fracture the country in in twain, as it were. Here's the story. The Wreck-It Ralph actress posted her endorsement to Twitter, prefaced it saying, maybe we should break up. Basically, she said, let me read. In the clip, she says, I mean, this may be a negative thought or maybe a positive one. I don't know. But if people aren't getting along, like in a relationship, they break up, you know? So like, Why don't we just finally just realize that this, these states aren't working and like divide up into like two or three countries. It'll be like USA one and USA two. The comedian further stated, and they can be USA one. Like the conservatives can be USA one because they love being number one and it means something to them. And I'd love to have that be theirs. They can be USA one. We'll be USA two and we'll be allies. And you'll come over here and we'll go over there. And you know, when you come to certain many times, when you go to a different country, you have to get a vaccine. That's that. You know what? What conservative is going to disagree with that? You want to have your New York state and do whatever you want? Fine. So be it. Give us Texas, West Virginia, Florida, South Dakota, whatever. I moved to West Virginia. We're continuing to expand our operations in West Virginia. Why? Because West Virginia has got a population of people who know what it means to be free and responsible for yourself. I don't want to live in New York where it's collectivist and, and, and responsibility is ascribed to the government. Some people do. We cannot live in a country where representatives from Texas, or I'm, I'm sorry, from, yeah, from Texas, go to the federal government to advocate for their beliefs against a group of people from California who advocate for their beliefs that are so diametrically opposed it makes no sense to put those laws over everyone else in the country. If the people of California want to force people to get vaccinated, well, I'll tell you what, that those people in California can leave. And if the people in Texas are angry that there is no mandate for vaccinations and people don't wear masks, those people can leave. At a certain point, we have to say the culture in this country has divided so far that it makes no sense for New Yorkers to ban my guns in West Virginia. None. None. Now, there are certainly civil rights issues that I think make tremendous sense that we have benefited from, which is the big problem. There was a civil war. Yes, slavery was wrong and it was good that we ended it. And they tried and and the South tried to secede over this. So therein lies the big problem. What do you do? I think at a certain point, it's not about civil war. It's about balkanization and secession. That is to say, People are going to become more insular and say, my state's for me, your state's for you, and we're better off this way. It used to be that way. During the uh, uh, civil rights era, before Loving v. Virginia, many states said interracial marriage is okay. Many states said it's not okay. I think it's okay, and I think it should be for civil rights reasons and uphold the Constitution nationwide. I know the ramifications of what happens when you try to function in a country Where half the country doesn't allow it, half does. My family knows this all too well. But I guess if the union dissolves or breaks apart, then you'll just have different countries. It won't be one nation anymore. If we are one nation under one constitution, I suppose it makes sense. We have to have federal law. But if the cultures have divided so much that there's no reconciliation at all and no willingness to fight a physical war over this. And we're not dealing with the repugnant moral atrocity of slavery. We're dealing with, I want to have guns and you don't. I think the country falls apart. The issue of slavery is interesting. It was so atrocious that foreigners came here seeking to end it. And I understand that completely. And when it comes to civil rights, segregation and racism, all of that, it's bad. So we said we are going to have a political conflict to end it. But now we're dealing with like taxes now we're dealing with vaccines. We're not dealing with apocalyptic scenarios. We're not dealing with slavery. We're dealing with, I want to be able to own guns on my farm. And the people in New York shouldn't pass a gun ban because I live on a farm. You live in a city. It's different. So what's really interesting about this is that we're supposed to have a weak federal government unifying the states and the states were supposed to be their own thing. But the federal government has become so in, has encroached so far. Now people are like, break it apart. Silverman concluded the clip by the end of the question, by the end of my answer. I have no idea what the question was. I don't think I'm anywhere near it. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of people are talking about they say secession has been tried in the past. Of course, I think people realize the Civil War existed. Let me tell you where we're at. Portland gunfight fuels alarm over growing use of weapons at rallies. Far right Proud Boys regularly carry handguns. And other groups have adopted less lethal weapons. Oh, spare me. It was a leftist who shot that dude twice in the chest. The Trump supporter who died. This guy loves to write defense pieces for the left. And you know what? The right does show up with guns. But so does the left. And they do engage in shootouts. So how are you going to try and play this game? Portland Proud Boy Tiny Tois shot at Washington protest. Antifa fired wildly at Proud Boys, hitting one guy, uh, Tiny, in the foot. He's lucky. This guy was randomly shooting in the streets, not the first time. There's a video of a man uh, driving his car when he gets blocked by Antifa Antifa and BLM protesters, and they aim rifles at him. He draws his gun on them. People are like, drop it, drop it. That's where we're at. It's going to get worse. And then on to New York City. Carmine's hostess attacked after asking tourists for vaccination proof to dine inside. The video is insane. We can't show it on YouTube because they don't allow you to show violence. It's a hostess. She's at a table. It's outside. And there were three women. And she asked them for proof of vaccination. An argument erupts, presumably because she didn't believe their proof was legit. And they start attacking her. This wasn't a case of unvaccinated people saying, you know, we're going to hit you. It was people being denied because apparently they did have vaccine proof that was being challenged. They say exclusive cell phone video obtained by NBC News shows the attack outside Carmine's restaurant. The 22 year old hostess asked the group of Texans to show proof of getting the vaccine in order to dine. Part of the executive order. Law enforcement sources said the hostess was then repeatedly punched in the in the face and body and sent to the hospital. In a statement, a spokesperson for Carmine said it's shocking and tragic when one of our valued employees is assaulted for doing their job. As required by city policies and trying to make a living. Since when were we a nation of rule by decree? I mean, it slowly happened gradually and then suddenly as it goes right over a long period of time, a long decades, we've seen presidents use executive orders to rule by decree. Now, executive order makes sense. There are some things the executive branch has authority over. Notably, Joe Biden can mandate that federal employees get vaccinated. Because they work, uh, he can, the, the executive branch employees, but not the judiciary, not the legislature. Anybody who works for them are exempt from his order. If that's true, then when Biden mandates all businesses, he has clearly bypassed legislation. He's ruling by decree in New York City. That's what they're doing. Check this out. Confidence in the system is breaking apart. While we can see people fighting over this stuff, we can also see this. 11 of 15 restaurants not enforcing vaccine mandate. New York Post apparently had some undercover reporters go to various restaurants. And 11 of the 15 did not ask for proof of vaccination. In another story, a black family goes to a restaurant and is asked for proof of vaccination. They say they have a religious exemption. They're told no. They then point out that everyone else in the restaurant, the guy did not check any of their vaccine proof, went straight to the black family. And he says is this the country you want to live in with segregation? Some people said yes. Let me show you where we are going, my friends. Laura Loomer. You probably have heard of her. Posted that she has COVID and she feels miserable and that she's she's been uh, treated with monoclonal antibodies. Whatever your opinion is on Laura Loomer. She comes out and says she has COVID. And what do we see? Reza Azlan And discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. That's right. Pray for COVID. COVID is, is, has infected Laura Loomer. And he's praying for the disease. The thing about what you need to understand there is, I can understand, you. okay, he doesn't like Laura Loomer. But if Loomer is, 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 succumbs to COVID, other people are at risk too. Reza Aslan doesn't care. This man is evil. I don't use that word lightly, but I've been using it quite a bit lately. Why do, why do I say evil? He's called for violence against children. He's now calling, effectively calling for the death of Laura Loomer. I would not call for violence or death against Reza Aslan. You can see that we have some very evil people. Does the right have their evil people? They have a lot. But they've been excised from society, and they've never had strong institutional power to begin with. This is a multimillionaire who used to work for CNN. I said, at this point, divorce seems the only reasonable solution. When a married couple begins praying for the other to die, maybe it's time to just peacefully walk away. And how about this? The Mark Milley fiasco, the Daily Beast says, Milley's reported behavior constitutes a violation of both his legal authority and of norms. But the fact that I am still grappling with this ethical conundrum is indicative of how dangerous Trump's presidency was and continues to be. Barack Obama murdered an American child. And they did nothing. Barack Obama killed several Americans without charge or trial to kill the son of Anwar al-Awlaki Abdurrahman, Obama ordered a drone strike on a civilian restaurant in Yemen I wonder what the collateral damage was there are reports that Donald Trump signed off on a commando raid that resulted in the death of Abdurrahman's little sister an eight-year-old American girl that is bad and you see the issue is I'm not in a cult I can tell you right now what Trump did was dangerous But in the long run, Trump sought to end our excursions in the Middle East. However, he also provided weapons to Saudi Arabia, exacerbating the problems in Yemen. And I have no problem saying that. And I have no problem saying, you know what? That did make Trump dangerous, as every other president was dangerous. But why should I support the subversion of the U.S. military to China when they did nothing about Barack Obama? The point I'm making is not that Obama is worse or Trump is better or Trump is worse. It's that I recognize the problems of all of the presidents, and I'm sure you do, too. I'm sure many of you would try and justify Obama's actions or Trump's actions or whatever. We got people on the left and the right. The fact of the matter is when you have one faction that refused to acknowledge the extrajudicial assassinations of Barack Obama, and now they're acting like Trump was the dangerous one. These people live with blinders on. And for that, you can see there's no mending this 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 divide. Let's let's keep talking about Mark Milley. Milley said the George Floyd riots were penny packet protests. They use spray paint. It's not an insurrection. The New York Post riots following George Floyd's death may cost up to two billion dollars to insurance companies. You, know what you need to understand about this. billion to insurance companies means the total damages well exceed $2 billion. Mark Milley is woke. He says he wants to understand white rage. He says the George Floyd protests are penny packet protests. Just spray paint. Don't worry about it. When over $2 billion in damages uh, was accrued. When we saw like 30 deaths related to to the riots. How do we solve this problem? Honestly, I don't have all the answers, building culture, perhaps, or maybe peaceful divorce. The Hill says right wing extremism. History repeats itself and the worst may be yet to come. You know, what I find really, really fascinating about this when they talk about the far right. I mentioned this in another segment, a previous segment. We had a guy on the IRL podcast, Super Chat, saying that we that I'm as delusional as the people I hate, that the left says the same thing I'm saying about them, about me. I'm objectively correct, though. And I think it's funny, you know. Uh, so at the end, when I said we're objectively correct, everyone on the show laughs. Because the point is, if you're operating from the assumption that we're just falsely accusing each other, it's funny when there's two people in a fight and they both say, I'm right. No, I'm right. No, you're wrong. I'm right. Let me explain something to you. That's why I just showed you the article from the Daily Beast Barack Obama murdered American citizens, it was horrifying. Donald Trump may have done the exact same thing with the commando raid as soon as he got into office. I've criticized both. I can criticize Donald Trump. I can criticize Joe Biden. And then I can look at the facts. I'm not going to pretend the progressives like Joe Biden. I can look at Russiagate lies. I can look at Ukraine gate and see the evidence. Even Matt Taibbi, not a conservative, wrote an article about the various investigations into Burisma that Joe Biden ended by firing the prosecutor. And they say we're in the cult. No, I do fact checking every day. I read the news. I try and figure out what's going on to the best of my abilities and focus more on what the facts mean and freedom. But we have another group of people that is more obsessed with control, with wanting to tell you how to live your life. They say things like, we believe in science, but they don't even actually read any of the science. They've not read anything about the uh, lab leak hypothesis, any of the studies or reports but they claim to be the informed ones. Sorry, that's the cult. So if that's the case, will Trump supporters cross the Rubicon? Yes. That's why I don't know if they'll ever indict Trump. But what happens if Trump wins? If Trump wins in 2024, he's back. Maybe it'll be the left that crosses the Rubicon, and then we'll see. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCastIRL. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. The punishment has begun. Joe Biden has announced a change to the way they'll be distributing monoclonal antibodies, the Regeneron treatment, and this greatly, negatively impacts states like Florida that rely heavily on this to stop people from dying of COVID. Now, we're also hearing Gavin Newsom, who said that The fact that he won in the recall effort is proof they need to get more strict. It's a punishment to those who dared oppose him. And Joe Biden trying to redistribute how they send out monoclonal antibodies is also, in my opinion, a punishment. If Florida is putting in majority of the orders for monoclonal antibodies to help people survive COVID, it's because they're the ones who want it the most. But you see, Ron DeSantis says no to the mandates. He says no lockdowns, no masks, no vaccine mandates. And Joe Biden is now going to apply executive pressure to hurt people, to force compliance. Now, you may be saying that people will eventually just cave to the federal government and give in, and I don't think so. I think what Joe Biden is doing is, I want you to imagine this scene. It's a train going 100 miles, I don't know how fast, 60 miles an hour, sure. And there's Ron DeSantis, and he's in this back cart, and Joe Biden's standing in the in the in the engine, and he's got an axe, and he's like, wah-ha-ha, and he starts hitting at the joint that connects the trains, and he's breaking it, and, it's, and Ron's like, "Don't do it!" and then he severs it and the train, takes off, and Biden's, and you you get the point. The point I'm making is the action taken by Joe Biden is severing states from the federal government. We are already seeing. Did you guys hear about this? A state rep in New Hampshire has filed the paperwork to secede from the union. It's not the first time a state's done this in recent history, and it's escalating. It's getting crazier. Texas. They had a rep file for this stuff, too. You've got the state of Jefferson trying to secede from their states. I mean, people are at their wits end. And if Joe Biden thinks he's going to come in restricting access to life-saving therapeutics, and that's going to get people to fall in line, he's lost his damn mind. Now, of course, what does the media say? I love it, my friends. DeSantis opens new war with Biden over COVID treatments. (laughs) What? Biden is the one who changed what they were doing, not DeSantis. Now, again, DeSantis makes the point that, you know what? Okay, fine. We don't need the federal assistance. We'll figure this out on our own. And that's the point I'm making. If Florida starts saying we don't need the feds, we don't need the federal government. And it gets to that point, they're going to be like, okay, we out. Now, what would the U.S. government do in the event of an actual secession? Y'all say it can't happen here. If you think that, you've not been paying attention to history. The idea that America is this invincible shell that nothing bad could ever happen to. Now, will we ever be invaded? Probably not. Because there's a gun behind every blade of grass. But could states secede from the union? Of course they could. The Soviet Union collapsed. It only was around for about 70 years, 69 years. But, you know, it fell apart. It's entirely possible that could happen here as well, especially when you see stories like this. Check this out. Politico says, first came masks, then a feud over vaccine mandates. Now a new front has opened in the COVID battle between President Joe Biden and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, COVID-19 antibody treatments. On Thursday, DeSantis ripped into Biden's plan to distribute doses of monoclonal antibody treatments to states across the nation. Florida and six other southern states have relied on the therapies to treat patients infected with the virus, but also took up 70 percent of the orders in early September. Let's uh, let me let me explain something. If there is a bakery, let's say there's a bakery in your town and you happen to love cupcakes, so you are buying 70 percent of the cupcakes. That's just you buying cupcakes. If somebody else wanted to buy cupcakes, they could still buy them. You're just happening to buy more than other people. Now, imagine if the mayor came in and said, you're buying too many cupcakes, so we're going to send these cupcakes out to a bunch of other stores who aren't ordering them. You see, this sounds like they are punishing Florida. They want the death toll to increase. That's what it sounds like. Why? Well, the southern states have low vaccination rates. When people start getting sick with COVID, monoclonal antibodies is an emergency use authorize, uh, authorized met, uh, therapeutic that seems to work. So what, what happens now? The federal government's going to send this out to a bunch of other states with, that don't have the major outbreaks. And they'll say, well, it's not their fault that you're, you're in a low vaccination state. Maybe you should mandate vaccines. They want to say, The lopsidedness prompted the Biden administration to start redistributing the more than 158,000 doses made available this week and provoked DeSantis to attack the president for taking the therapies away from Floridians. We've been handed a major curveball here with a really huge cut from the HHS and the Biden administration. DeSantis said at a press conference in Broward County, we're going to make sure we leave no stone unturned. Whoever needs a treatment, we are going to work like hell to get them that treatment. He added that Florida is being punished for peddling the COVID-19 antibody treatment before the, White, uh, before the White House, while the highly transmissible Delta variant began spreading in southern states like Florida, Texas, and Louisiana. I think we could have averted in this country. A lot of people going to the hospital, DeSantis said. I think it would have saved a lot of lives. DeSantis has prioritized monoclonal antibody treatments such as Regeneron in his Florida pandemic battle plan, spending the past several weeks flying across the state supporting the treatments. Monoclonal antibody treatments are considered effective if administered early in an infection. At the same time, he has opposed COVID-related restrictions such as requiring students to wear face coverings, vaccine passports, or mandatory vaccine mandates, mandatory vaccine mandates for workers. That has put him repeatedly at odds with the Biden administration. So when Biden makes this move, it sure does sound like punishment. DeSantis' opposition to COVID mandates has raised his profile with conservatives across the nation, cheering him on as he prepares to run for re-election and possibly challenge Biden in 2024. But the summer surge in Florida's Delta variant cases pose a threat to DeSantis' electoral ambitions, with the governor's approval ratings dropping as the state broke grim COVID milestones such as hospitalizations and new infections. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki on Thursday defended Biden's plan to cut Florida's allotment of the antibody treatments. Saying the administration is increasing the distribution of antibody treatments in September by 50%. But she also warned supply isn't unlimited. Our role as the government overseeing the entire country is to be equitable in how we distribute. We are not going to give a greater percentage to Florida over Oklahoma. Let me, let me, let me point something out for y'all. They've been going on social media, these establishment shills, saying that if you choose not to get vaccinated, you should not get access to life-saving treatment over somebody who's been vaccinated. You see? Now, at first they just said, if you don't get vaccinated, you can't go to the hospital. And then everyone was like, I thought healthcare was a human right. To which they responded, we're simply saying triage. If we have to triage people, why would we take those who are irresponsible of those above those who are responsible? Sure. If that's the case, now what they're doing is taking, is they're not triaging, they're doing the opposite they're taking the life-saving therapeutics away from the state that probably the states that need it most to give to states that don't. So I thought healthcare was a human right and I thought this was about triage. It's not. It's about causing human suffering. It's about wanting to win some tribal BS. Now look, I think you know there's there's ebbs and flows. We've had our periods of right-wing moral authoritarianism, but for the most part the left seems to be collectivist to the point where when they get power and they get institutions, they just go nuts with it. Meanwhile, they'll say, you're in the cult and you're crazy. The weird thing about that idea when, the you know, we had someone super, ch- we talked about this quite a bit the other day on uh, uh, Timcast IRL and in the member segment. Good argument. You definitely check it out. I was talking with Ian and Ian's like, there's no left or right. And I'm like, listen, when you have people saying they're going to take away life-saving therapeutics from Florida because they refuse to force people to get vaccinated. Okay, that's despotic. Now, obviously, that's not what they're saying. The reason is. But why would they be sending monoclonal antibodies to states that don't need the therapies when Florida is dealing with an outbreak that's worse? Now, by all means, the left, you can come out and be like, Florida's outbreak wouldn't be as bad if people got vaccinated. And you know what? I agree. See, that's the issue about this this idea of the cult. I think the vaccines are safe and effective enough I understand the Israel study. I understand the, the waning efficacy and the booster shots now coming out in New York. But it, it does appear that the vaccines have overwhelmingly reduced inf- uh, uh, infection rate and mortality rate, which is great news. Wonderful, wonderful. And now the state doesn't have the right to mandate people get medicated. So <laughs> it hasn't change my position on individual liberty and individual responsibility. But you look at what what the establishment says, they accuse the people who have varying degrees of debate over these issues as being in the cult. Sorry, when I can sit here and argue with people about a variety of ideas, be it election fraud or vaccination or medications, that's not the cult. That's the people arguing and critically thinking and challenging preconceptions. And I'll tell you this, the right has their 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 uh, amount of fake news for sure but it's not every single person. It's more of a smaller group. A lot of these, these, these bad ideas, and there's no institutional power behind them. What about when the left has a bad idea and it results in this? Check this out. Federal records show that Florida is due to receive 27,850 doses of Regeneron this week. Now Regeneron is a company name. What they mean is Regeneron's monoclonal antibody treatment. It's down from the state's weekly average of 72,000, according to DeSantis' office. Florida and six other states that were receiving 70% of the federal supply are now receiving more than 55%, while the rest are shared among other states, districts, and territories, including Oklahoma. But Biden's plan didn't sit well with Florida Republicans beyond DeSantis. GOP Senator Marco Rubio on Thursday took to Twitter to condemn the White House, posting that the redistribution of antibody treatments reeks of partisan payback against states like Florida. More than 49,000 people in Florida have died from COVID-19 since the pandemic first hit in March 2020. The Delta surge over the summer led to more than 9,600 deaths. DeSantis spokesperson Christina Pushaw told Politico that Florida health officials told the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services on Monday that the state would need just 36,000 doses of the antibody cocktails for the state's 25 treatment sites, not counting locations where it's offered privately statewide. In an email sent by HHS on Tuesday, which Pushaw provided a copy, federal officials told the state to expect about 30,000. Notably, DeSantis on Thursday said Florida is seeing a drop in new cases and, and demand at the 25 therapy sites has waned. But the state historically has seen another spike around the holiday season. We're going to work like hell to make sure we can overcome the obstacles that the HHS and Biden administration are putting in, DeSantis said. Now, I'm going to push back on DeSantis on that one. You know what? It's fair to say that we, as citizens of these United States, Expect some support from the federal government to which we pay taxes. I will also say, you know what? You can criticize Biden for taking it away. But my view is that DeSantis should assume responsibility, not say this is Biden's fault. I'd say it like this. OK, the federal government had made us guarantees and providing us with, with, with this treatment to help save lives. And that was important. They're now announcing they'll take that away. Fine. Don't come to us expecting allegiance or favors if you won't return the same to us in our time of need. If the federal government is not going to be able to assist states like Florida over petty partisan squabbling, well, then Florida should just continually assert its own. I don't mean literal political independence, but independence, like ability to take care of itself, which they're going to do, probably supplying this, uh, seeking out this stuff uh, privately. Now, let me show you a little bit of what we got going on here in, in these United States. Newsom says his successful recall proves that Democrats need to be more stringent with COVID restrictions. Yeah, it's punishment. It is. Now that he knows he won and he won with like the same, same percentage as, as, as Biden won in California. Well, now he's got carte blanche. You ain't going to remove me again. Not going to be another recall. You can try. Sure. Ain't going to work. And now he's gonna punish more people. This is what they do. This is what authoritarians do. Man, it sure was heartbreaking to see Penn Gillette posting a photo with Gavin Newsom. Wow. Pen Gillette, of all people, a Cato Institute libertarian standing there saying we survived with the guy who's ruling by decree. What is people broke? Trump broke people. You know, to be fair, I don't think we should just say that Trump did it himself. You know, I think Trump is a symptom of this phenomenon that was breaking people. But Trump was like, as the culture war was expanding in the United States, with, you know, starting with things like Gamergate and, and a bit before that, you know, we had culture war things popping up and Gamergate was huge. Boy, did the media freak out about that one. That was hilarious. Trump was like a gigantic golden spike being thrust into the ground, splitting the ground in half. He was uh, a major player in sparking more anger. The media abused it and went nuts. And here we are. Now we have a Democratic Party that is going to punish you, call you a, a radicalized, say you're in a cult. But let me just make one thing very, very clear for all of you.
1: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
0: As we watch these things happen, and the left claims the right has been radicalized and Nancy Pelosi says the Republican Party has become a cult. I find that absolutely hilarious that Nancy Pelosi would say that. Why? Well, how about this? The Gadsden flag, symbol of the American Revolution and independence, liberty, an American tradition. That's being called racist. How about the original flag of the 13 colonies was going to appear on some shoes? And the left protested saying it was racist. Yo, these people are in a cult. You can't come to me and tell me I'm radicalized when I'm like, These are the longstanding American traditions that have been around for hundreds of years. Oh, radicalized by history class. Yeah, sorry. I believe in the American system of governance. I believe in, in separation of powers. I believe in Republican government. I don't mean the Republican Party. I mean, we are a republic with elected representatives. The Democrats are not doing that. Joe Biden is ruling by decree. Our system of government has changed from a legislative body proposing a law where our representatives vote on it to the executor, the sovereign, drafting a rule and then, boom, it's implemented, done. And if you have a problem with it, you can ask the courts, please. And the courts can just be like, meh, don't care. I mean, look at a lot of the lawsuits back during the election. You had people saying like, hey, how did they just change the rules on mail in voting? Like, You can't do that. And the courts were like, we don't care. Rule by decree. We're not a republic anymore were some kind of creepy cult, executive autocracy or something. I don't know. I guess autocracy is the right word. Joe Biden can just do whatever he wants. Trump, I guess, could have, but didn't. And he was opposed at every step of the way. Now, let me tell you, give you some evidence, tell you why we're not in the cult. By all means, you can criticize the right. You can point to factions on the right that believe crazy things. Tell me again what institutional power they wield. Tell me again which platforms they exist on, and I will absolutely call them out. The moment you get a you know, person waving a Q flag in Congress, is the, I will absolutely criticize them for it. However, what do we have right now? Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, and the left calls them the Q candidates when they're not. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene said some dumb stuff, I guess, a few years ago before she got elected, and she apologized for it. Wow, that doesn't sound radicalized or unreasonable. Lauren Boebert has never. (laughs) What? She's just a Colorado Second Amendment loving individual. But they call them the Q candidates because they need to feign that there is a risk from the conspiracy theorists, which there isn't. There's no great media by which they operate. There's no institutions they control. I don't care. When people are like, Tim, you sure do complain about Democrats a whole lot. And I'm like, sure, what have the Republicans done? Lying on their backs in the sun, rocking back and forth, saying, ah, I can't do anything, and then doing nothing. You look at the people in the, on the Republican Party who actually do things, Rand Paul, Thomas Massey, a handful of others, Lauren Boebert's doing a pretty good job, and my respect to Marjorie Taylor Greene for fighting, though I, I don't completely agree with these people on policy. The Republican Party's not doing anything. And even those people I just mentioned struggle against, they're swimming upstream. I mean, Rand Paul filibusters the NDAA. He tries to stop this stuff. The Democrats have the universities. They have television. They have music. They have have movies. They have all of the cultural institutions. They control social media. They violate people's inalienable rights. Why? Through corporate power. And I've never supported that stuff. I've always called for regulations on these industries. I'll tell you what a cult is it is people who believe whatever they're told in the narrative without doing research while telling you you're in a cult. Meanwhile, you can actually sit down and hear a a, a debate. I sat down with Steve Bannon talking about election fraud. Timcast IRL member segment. Go to timcast.com, be a member. You can search for Steve Bannon, watch these videos. And we argued. And did, 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 did the evil cult come out and say, oh, Tim, how dare you? We're going to unfollow you. No, they, they didn't. Now, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of staunch, very zealous Trump supporters, very culty, who did stop following me when I said Trump lost the election. They're like, no. The point is, still, even with that being the case, Those people have no institutional power and and, and pose no threat to me simply by, by the nature of loving Donald Trump. And then when you actually research what they say, it turns out you want to know why those people are less of a threat to me across the board, even if they did have institutional power, like when Trump was in office, Trump was not what they claimed to be. They lied about him all day in the media. So if you believe Trump is a racist, if you believe that Trump is like, like a hardcore racist, I think, it, I think it's fair to say like there's degrees of racism. Sure, I've had those arguments. But if you think that Trump was like a white nationalist and all that stuff, you, you lost the plot. Trump has civil rights awards. But that, w- that was the boogeyman the left needed. And they believe all of it because they're in a cult. So I'll say this. If I can do research, find source material, I can show the evidence against Joe Biden, and I can even... During RussiaGate, agree with the investigation. Sounds like that's not a cult, right? And for all those who watched to the to the insane amount of views we were getting last year, sounds like they were willing to entertain that they may be wrong. Fans of Jordan Peterson, for instance, who sits down in an interview and says you can't force a business to tell people to use certain words and to you know to, to you can't force it, and then Jim Jeffries goes, "What about segregation? You know when we forced businesses." to allow black people to use, you know, these services. And Jordan goes, maybe I was wrong about that. Just like that. Just very easily going, huh, you know, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. That's not a cult. That's someone being like, that's a good point. I'm willing to listen. We struggle to get leftists to even come out here. Of course, the grifter drama leftists want to come out. The people who want to come and just argue ad hominem. Is that the best they have to offer, I guess? The leftists, you know, we've had success with getting Vosh to come out, who actually enjoys arguing. Wow. Tremendous respect in that regard. You don't got to like the guy, but there are a bunch of leftists we've, we've reached out to, and they just won't do it. And you know why I think that is? I think it's because their ideas can't stand up to fact checking. I think it's that simple. I don't think every idea they have is wrong. And I actually agree with a lot of left positions. I am a fan of a new deal focused on green energy and rebuilding our infrastructure, crumbling bridges and highways and water uh, systems. I'm like, why aren't we fixing this stuff? We're doing nation building in Afghanistan. Hey, and we can do it in a way that's environmentally friendly and sustainable. The Green New Deal sounds awesome. And then AOC comes out with a Green New Deal. That's just free college, free health care and social justice. And I'm like, these people are in a cult because I'm sitting here like I would love a Green New Deal. Give me the candidate to come out and say, we are going to invest in good paying jobs. We're going to stop nation building. We're going to fix the roads and bridges. We're going to make sure that you have your your schools are are operating better. And I'll take it. That's not what we have. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. I'll see you then. Thanks for hanging out. To call the Biden administration a disaster would be outright unfair. It's worse than a disaster. It's a catastrophe, a crisis. It is apocalyptic. That's how bad it is. In this story from the Daily Mail, thousands of Haitians pour across the border at Del Rio as makeshift camps swells to 10,000 after Biden said illegal immigrants won't have to get vaccinated. And now the best part. On Thursday, the FAA issued a flight restriction banning drones from filming the growing camp. Oh, you got to cover this one up, Joe. This country's falling apart. I'm sorry. We've got New Hampshire now. Five state reps I'm hearing are on board with seceding from the union. You've you've got a completely porous border that Joe Biden is doing nothing to get a hold of. It's almost like they are gutting this country on purpose. At a certain point, you say, to what end? Well, Joe Biden flew his son on Air Force Two to China for a private equity deal. So I'm pretty sure they're set no matter what happens. In the event the U.S. crumbles, rest assured, these ultra elites will find safe haven, likely in China, where they will be new party members, unofficially, perhaps. I, I'm, I'm, I can't believe they, the FAA did this ban, but check out what's going on. Thousands of migrants continue to converge in a makeshift camp under the bridge that connects Del Rio and Mexico. Del Rio, Texas to Mexico's Ciudad Acuna in the latest border emergency and humanitarian crisis facing Joe Biden. The latest one because it keeps happening. It's not even been a year yet. The campus swelled to some 10,000 migrants on Thursday, with thousands seen waiting across the, De- the Rio Grande River Valley. Most are Haitians, with some Cubans, Venezuelans, and Nicaraguans also present. Amid the surge of the highly infectious Delta variant, The crowded conditions of the camp also raised concerns about the possibility of COVID-19 outbreaks endangering the health of migrants. Biden, who imposed sweeping vaccination rules on many Americans last week, has admitted people who cross the border illegally won't be required to get vaccinated. And the Border Patrol has said that it has insufficient time and space to even test most migrants upon their arrival. Let's think about what that means If these illegal immigrants are allowed to enter the country and then they are just shuffled about across the country and a covid surge hits, who's most likely to die? Is that Joe Biden's plan? Is that his solution to the migrant crisis? Well, if you take them at their word, uh, it would seem that's the only logical outcome, because when they apprehend these people and they do, they could give them the vaccine. So maybe their answer is triage. We're not gonna give illegal immigrants our precious vaccine. We need them for boosters in New York City. All right. Then how about you just don't let these people in? Answer these questions. If the migrants come in and do not get vaccinated, they are much, much more likely, 10 times more likely to get COVID and die. Now I understand. I'm not saying, you know, that that sounds insane. The likelihood that these migrants catch COVID and die is actually still slim, very slim. But it is 10 times higher for those who are not vaccinated, according to the, the, the uh, data we have from the CDC. And uh, uh, I'll just put it this way. There's, there's no circumstance in which this looks good for the administration. Either you're letting all, I mean, first of all, they're letting all these people in. There, there, there you go. Here, here, here's what you can do. Close the board. Tell them to go home. Still, we've got progressive leftists saying like, we can't send them home. They should be allowed here. Do You think vaccines are infinite? They want people to be vaccinated yet. When it comes to these people, they don't care. Just let them in. They say after aerial drone images of the growing camp surfaced Thursday morning, the Federal Aviation Administration, overseen by Biden, by Pete Buttigieg, imposed a two week flight restriction banning drones from flying in the area, citing unspecified security concerns. Yeah, well, they don't control Mexican airspace. So I'm sure in Mexico people will still fly. Critics of the administration immediately accused them of censorship It really is ridiculous. I've never seen anything like it, Ted Cruz said, telling Fox News of the FAA ruling. The drone footage started this morning, and people across the country were horrified. And I guess the political operatives of the Biden White House saw that, Cruz said in an interview. The FAA told Daily Mail in a statement on Thursday night, the Border Patrol requested the temporary flight restriction due to drones interfering with law enforcement operations. Maybe, maybe. Food and water has been scarce in the makeshift camp. Around 20 migrants told Reuters, and temperatures have risen to around 99 degrees Fahrenheit. Reporters witnessed hundreds of migrants wading through the Rio Grande River and back into Mexico to stock up on essentials they say are n- they're not receiving on the American side. Talk about broken and insane. They're going back and forth. Sorry, my friends. <clears throat> There's no republic. There's no border. They cross the river wading through it, stay in America, cross back, pick up food and supplies and come back. There's no border. None. You want to make the argument about these people crossing in and not saying, OK, we got to do something fine. You want to make the argument that they're freely coming and going as they please. Yo, there are a lot of Ukrainians who would love to be in the United States right now, but they can't get visas. Well, wow. I suppose if you just go to Mexico and walk back and forth, you ain't got nothing to worry about, do you? This is wrong. But does it I, look we're not a republic anymore, my friends. There's no borders. This is it. There's no borders. You can call it a border. You can say there are checkpoints. But when it's this porous, you may as well have none. Now, you'll still get people who are worried about the system acting within the system who will go to the checkpoints. But this is something else. Look at this. FAA drone restrictions. This says FDC. What is this? Uh, no TAM. The FAA imposed a two week flight restriction. Banning drones from flying in the air. You can see the map right here. They've banned just this area. It is an attempt to cover up what they're doing. These people are criminals. And what they're doing is destroying this country. They say, meanwhile, Texas Governor Greg Abbott said Thursday that he directed state troopers and the Texas National Guard to shut down six points of entry along the southern border. Good for Texas. At the request of U.S. Customs and Border Protection before reversing himself and blaming the confusion on the Biden administration. Well, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. Six hours after U.S. Customs and Border Protection requested help from Texas to close ports of entry and secure the border, the Biden administration has now flip-flopped to a different strategy that abandons border security and instead makes it easier for people to cross illegally and for cartels to exploit the border. The Biden administration is in complete disarray and is handling the border crisis as badly as the evacuation from Afghanistan. I have directed the Texas Department of Public Safety and the Texas National Guard to maintain their presence at and around points of entry to deter crossings, said the governor. Following the confusion, Rep. Chip Roy, a Texas Republican, called on Abbott to seize control of the border from the federal government. I agree. Abbott should immediately deploy National Guard <clears throat> and take control of the situation. I wonder if it's on purpose. Some people have asked this question of Joe Biden. He flew his son on Air Force Two to China for a private equity deal, equity deal. Now, I'm not sure the deal went through. And even if it did, would we really know? And who knows what they talked about? But when you see something like that and then you see the complete disaster that is Afghanistan, you have to wonder if it's on purpose, perhaps to help China. Now you can see at a time when the U.S. is strained and in danger, Joe Biden is doing nothing to stop a, a flood of illegal immigration into the United States he's burning the place to the ground. You have put in place a man who is setting fire to this country. And it's funny. They say we're the radicalized ones. I believe in the constitution, the founding documents of this nation, the founding fathers, our system of governance. That's not radicalization. That's status quo. But they want revolution and destruction. And they say we're radicalized. We're in trouble. I don't think you can reason with people who, who have a warped reality based on algorithmic manipulation. They're trapped in the matrix. They're zombies. This is a nightmare. This is a disaster. Texas ought to start disregarding this president and start taking it into our own hands. In Texas, the need to secure the border of the United States for the welfare of the people, he told Fox News on Thursday night. We need to go forward and secure the border. The governor, the state of Texas needs to own this and seal the border, said Roy. Roy. The squalid conditions in the makeshift camp in Del Rio are reflective of the humanitarian challenge facing Biden as border arrests hover around 20 year highs. U.S. authorities encountered more than 195,000 migrants at the Mexican border in August, according to government data released on Wednesday. Haiti is in the midst of its own humanitarian crisis after a magnitude 7.2 earthquake on August 14th, which killed more than 2,200 people and damaged or destroyed more than 100,000 homes. And I will tell you this. I empathize, I sympathize, and I would like to help these people. But are we a nation that simply says no borders, no restrictions, no controls? Come on in. It's that's it's, it's not a tenable situation. We can't just tell everyone everywhere. Same thing that we were talking about with war. You know, we, we were talking to Cassandra Fairbanks at one point on Timcast IRL. And I was saying, like, look, with what China's doing with the Uyghur Muslims, maybe we need sanctions. And she said sanctions lead to war. And I'm like, well, we don't have to trade with them. And she said, there are many countries that are committing atrocities, enslaving people and torturing people and putting them in camps. And we don't talk about it. This is a manipulation. They want us to get into a conflict. And I said, fair point. I, I, I fair point. The same is true for the migrant crisis. When, when you see these leftists and they're like, what are we supposed to do for all these people? Just send them back. It's a disaster. And I'm like, what are we supposed to do? Like, literally everybody in the country. Bernie Sanders said it. He said something like, My God, if we opened the borders, they would flood this country, we can't do it. The World Socialist website called Bernie Sanders, a nationalist capitalist, after he said this. They go on to say the impoverished country is also being racked by fresh political instability caused by the assassination of the former president, Jovenel Moys, in June, with the island's prime minister Ariel Henry since named as a suspect in the investigation. Yes. Are we going to have every single country in Tumult just send their population here? A CBP official said that there were more than 6,000 migrants migrants waiting under the bridge to be processed on Wednesday. But by Thursday night, that number had surged to more than 10,000, according to a Fox News reporter. As conditions in the squalid camp deteriorate, some migrants have been crossing back and forth into Mexico. To bring back vital vital supplies, Ernesto, a 31-year-old Haitian migrant, slipped back into Mexico on Thursday to buy water and food for the fourth time, he said, since arriving in the U.S. on Monday morning. So how about we have them remain in Mexico, like Trump's policy? It's really amazing how we can now see the impact of what Trump wanted to do. Stay in Mexico while you wait processing. Turns out these people are actually trying to go back into Mexico for resources, and they just want to come here to try and get in the country. Here's some photos. They say his conditions in the squalid camps deteriorate. Some migrants have been crossing back and forth. Look at this. They're carrying stuff. They're going left and right. I'm impressed, to be honest. Migrants seeking asylum in the U.S. walk into the Rio Grande River near the International Bridge. I want you to understand something about refugees and migrants. If we did not have technology and this country was nothing but rock, would people come here? Would we say we had an obligation to help them? No. The issue is that we've succeeded. As a nation, we've become successful. We have resources and we have wealth. And because of that, people say we should help them. And because of that, everybody wants to come here. But what about staying in their own home and helping rebuild? What about taking on personal responsibility for your community? They don't have that. They're going to say Ernesto, who declined to give his surname to protect his identity, said he and his three-year-old daughter had not been fed at the camp where migrants are jostling for shade. Sometimes, he said, he runs to avoid Mexican migration officials, but is usually not bothered by them. But now money is running out. Customs and Border Protection did not respond to questions of the number of people in Del Rio camp. Migrants showed Reuters tickets with numbers they had received from U.S. Border Patrol. Several said other migrants told them they could be stuck in the camp for up to five days. Border Patrol said in a statement, it was increasing staffing in Del Rio to facilitate a safe, humane, and orderly process. Drinking water, towels, and portable toilets have been provided, the statement added, while migrants wait to be transported to facilities. Biden, a Democrat who took office in January, yeah, we know that, has rolled back many of the hardline immigration measures of Donald Trump. But he has been caught between pro-migrant groups and some Democrats who have criticized him for not doing more to help migrants, and opponents who say his policies have encouraged illegal immigration, which is true. Look at this. Migrants seeking shade have a makeshift tent. I'm impressed by the ingenuity. Look at this, man. More than 4,000 migrants under a bridge. But Thursday, the number is more than 10,000. People are just sitting in the dirt. And this is why we don't do open borders. This is why we do remain in Mexico. And this is why we dissuade people from crossing. There was a, excuse me, a photo that went viral. And it was of a little girl who died. And the left said, we blame the right and all that other stupid nonsense. Trump was the one telling them not to try and cross the desert or the river. Trump didn't tell them to do it. And they said, yeah, well, because he's getting strict on the border, they're panicking and rushing. And I'm like, you're evil. Donald Trump trying to close the pores in the border is not the problem. The problem is you will not secure the border. And now they're dismantling parts of the border wall. And it's getting worse. Rio uh, Del Rio is in the Val Verde County, which voted for Trump in 2020. Some residents in this sprawling bilingual border town say they feel abandoned by the federal government on border security. Are they doing anything to stop them from coming? One woman said while she looked down at the encampment while driving over the bridge. Carlos, a 27 year old Venezuelan who said he left his home after graduating university in July, said he thought the camp had doubled in size since he arrived on Tuesday. Carlos, who declined to give his full name, said he had only $10 left and that there were 400 families ahead of him in the queue for processing. Both migrants and Mexican officials said many more people are expected in the coming days. Some told Reuters they had chosen to cross here because the river is shallow, and they felt there was comparatively less cartel activity. Jeff June, a 27-year-old Haitian, who was reselling water bottles for three pesos, 15%, a 15-cent profit, said he and his young family were exhausted, hungry, and sleeping on the ground. He fretted about his kids falling ill in the makeshift camp. My 10-year-old asks, when are we leaving? He's always asking that. Why did you come? How about we ask this? I can respect that people are, are suffering in certain places. But just because a, a country, Haiti, how did they get into Mexico? I'm, I'm sick of playing this game. They take a boat to Mexico so, that, so they can get in the country. Our southern border is such a disaster that people are flying from Africa to Brazil, coming up through South America, through Mexico, through, uh, through Central America and Mexico to try and come to our southern border because Joe Biden is allowing it and they know it. But what do you think happens when you let every single person in? It will cause a collapse. You ever see those videos? We got all those people standing on like a balcony and they're all like dancing and the balcony collapses. Because people are just not paying attention. there is a weight capacity. there are finite resources. They don't seem to care. I saw one video it was, it was, it was horrifying. It was uh, a family at a balcony, and this is actually kind of a smart idea, but you know it's, it's like clever but dumb. They lined plastic on their balcony up to like the railing, and then put a hose in it to fill it with water so they'd have a swimming pool. Yeah. I think that one I'm pretty sure that collapsed. Because balconies can't hold that much weight and water is heavy. So let me explain something to you. When you just say, everybody come on in anywhere and everywhere, we, we, we're, you're telling us we're overpopulated. You're saying that we should stop having kids because of the environment. But then you're saying everyone should flood into one of the highest carbon producing countries on the planet. They're lying. They're evil. Not all of them. Some of them are just dumb. But when they say climate change, They say we got to reduce our carbon footprint. Then they say we got to bring in as many people as possible. Also, you shouldn't have kids. You realize there's a problem here, right? If we're producing 25 percent, I don't think it's 25 percent, if we're producing a large portion of carbon emissions and someone comes from a country that doesn't and they come here, they will now have a much larger carbon footprint, which will be substantially worse. If you're going to come out and say the best thing you can do for the environment is not have kids. And then tell people we need more migrants because we have too many job openings and not enough people willing to work. Something doesn't make sense there, does it? You are going to make things substantially worse for the world and the country. But maybe that's it. Maybe the whole thing they have is a grift. They don't actually believe what they're saying because their ideas make no sense and contradict each other. In the end, all that really happens is the United States continues to fall apart. So what do we do? We need to vote out this man. That's first and foremost. Can we make it to 2024? I certainly hope so. But we need to get Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Pelosi, all these Democrats out. I hope stories like this, videos like this are a wake up call. When you see these images of people, look at this image right here of the 10,000 people under a bridge. And most of them aren't even, it looks like a lot of them aren't even under the bridge because there's no room left under the bridge. Will people understand this? Will they push back and will they challenge it? I don't know. With the Biden administration banning drones, you're not going to be able to see the surge. Why? If they've gone from 6,000 to 10,000 in a matter of days, two weeks, you can't fly drones. What do you think it's going to look like in a week? Is it going to be an exponential growth? Is it going to be 20,000? Don't you think the American people want to see that? Understand what's happening to their country. Unfortunately, a lot of them just don't pay attention, don't care, and will continue to vote for their own destruction. So here's what I can say. We should build culture. We should rally around making books and movies and all that stuff. We should become self-sustainable. Y'all should find a home, make a homestead, grow your own vegetables, uh, raise your own meat, get yourself some goats and some chickens out in the middle of nowhere, and be ready to have to do that work to survive. Because right now, the leadership of this country seems to be doing everything in their power to destroy it. And if it comes to the point where China becomes the dominant economic power, the petrodollar fails, I hope you all understand how much work will need to be done. Now, don't get me wrong. I assume most of you watching already know the value of a good day's work. Get some rough skin on your hands. I used to lift 50,000 pounds per day doing baggage at the airport. Man, and it was tough. Come home, you're tired, you're sore. Good exercise, though. So what do you think is going to happen when... We lose the petrodollar when we can no longer command these other countries, and it's happening. When the U.S. breaks apart, it will require you to do a lot of work. Here's the funny part: conservatives, red states, they don't care. They're they. It's already. You drive around West Virginia; everyone's got chickens. Everyone does fresh eggs in the morning. I don't go to the store for eggs. I just go outside, pick them up. Well. We, the chickens are brooding right now. We're letting them have babies. So for the time being, we just don't have the eggs because we've, we've eaten as many as we, we can. And we're going to have a ton of babies in like a week or two. But, you know, it just feels like it's all coming down, doesn't it? I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then.